Hello, welcome to Chapter 3 Podcast, the show for readers of science fiction, fantasy, and romance. This is Season 3, Episode 20, and we are here to finish out, we'll sort of finish out, our Witcher (laughs) read-along, at least the reading part of it, to talk about Season of Storms by Andrzej Sapkowski. And this is a prequel. I think it'll be interesting to talk about. And then I think what we're going to do is for our late November episode, the next one Leanna's back on, we're going to talk about season three of the show and do a review because I liked the first two seasons, which Leanna was not a fan of, but the third season was not my favorite. I just finished it. So we're going to discuss that. It would be very funny if I suddenly liked it after hating the first two. I would be shocked. (laughs) Stranger things have happened. Sure, I guess. You never know. Um, But tonight we're going to talk about Season of Storms, which fits like somewhere in that short I believe. I believe it takes place in like not before The Last Wish and not after The Last Wish. It takes place like in the middle of The Last Wish. Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds right. I apparently, I didn't realize until after I read it and reviewed it, but I guess I have an unpopular opinion about this book. I really liked it. It's one of my favorites of the series. (laughs) Well, tell us why it's brilliant. (laughs) I don't know that I would call it brilliant, but I thought it was really fun. It's like a side quest. sort of. Have you read Theft of Swords? No. By, um, what's his name? Michael J. Sullivan? No, I haven't. It's. I mean, it's. I don't. The story's not like it, but I just feel like the title "Theft of Swords" is better for this book than it is for the book "Theft of Swords." Why? <laughs> my. Not that. I mean, there is a theft of swords that is like an inciting incident in "Theft of Swords." Yeah. But I just like this book could equally, at least, oh, possibly yeah. more so, be called "Theft of Swords." <laughs> yeah. No. I. I mean, I think that would make more sense. I mean, it's basically that's basically what it is. It's a side quest in novel form of Geralt going and trying to get back swords that were taken from him and his misadventures. And I had fun with it. I found it really entertaining. Yeah, I would say that I did too. But I just feel like my expectations for the Witcher series are that it does more than that. And I feel like every other book, even the my least favorites, mm-hmm. the Tower of Swalls and Lady of the Lake, did more. Um, even if I didn't think the reading experience was like necessarily always the most enjoyable. Um, so I just expect Andrei Sapkowski to kind of like do more. And I felt yeah. like at the end of, well, I, I don't know if we're doing spoilers yet, but I'll keep this spoiler free. At the end of Season of Storms, it almost felt like it occurred to Andrei Sapkowski that he hadn't done anything. And he shoehorned in a like, oh, maybe this is a meta point about what this whole thing has been. And I was like, no, yeah. just no. <laughs> Yeah, there's kind of like a let's tie this back into the series, um, which was was fine. I guess I didn't mind it. I get I, which it's it's funny, right? Because I think there are probably a lot of people who would also say that the reading experience of some of the other books isn't the best, but then this is fun to read, but still not what they liked. I guess I don't know. Well, I think because like I think at this series for me kind of like peaks in the first few books, like Last Wish, uh, Sword of Destiny, Blood of Elves, um, uh, Time yeah. of Contempt, because um, those books are like doing a better job, in my opinion, of 
um, doing both having fun and and doing something more, both in yeah. terms of like progressing a larger story and in terms of commenting on things like more metatextually. Like there's just more going on with them. So it's like, it's amusing, it's engaging, it's heartfelt, it's thought provoking, it's, it's getting you sucked into a grander story. It's doing all of those things. And the later books, they get like caught up in their own kind of like things. So then like enjoyment kind of goes down, but I still appreciate it on some kind of like on an intellectual academic level, even if I'm not always having fun. And then Season of Storms, I guess maybe then to balance the scales, if like some of the we books went too far. Yeah, exactly. That we went too far in the academic direction. And then he was like, what if uh, to make up for it, I went the other way and stripped it of all meaning and just had a fun side quest. And it's like, I guess that's fair. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. So I just, I, I found it interesting how many people though dis really disliked it. and. I didn't really dislike it. I just was like, eh, it was made. No, and I'm not saying that I thought you did, but I was looking at the Goodreads reviews and there are so many negative reviews of this. Um, what were this, like, the, did they call out anything particular that they like hated about what this book did or didn't do? I don't know. It wasn't particularly clear. A lot of them were just sort of like, this was so disappointing. I was so bored. I didn't like it. I'm like, okay, well. Okay. I mean, I wasn't bored. I thought it was entertaining. So I was a little bored, but I guess again, it was because I I expected more. Like, and not yeah. necessarily. I don't know. I feel like it's a loaded way of of describing what I expected because, like, I don't expect every book to be incredible. But I'm just accustomed to Andrei Sapkowski making grander points and doing bigger things, even with yeah. the Last Wish. And yeah. so, like, because I I kind of went in trying to expect something that's more akin to the last wish or to the sword of destiny and even then like it didn't even meet like that level of like doing something a little bit more than just telling a fun story and so mm -hmm. in that sense i was like well like it's amusing and it, i okay but like <laughs> is that it yeah which i'm i mean and to be fair i am also somebody who enjoys cozy fantasy that doesn't necessarily need a lot more depth which is not your deal so well it's not my deal but it's also it doesn't seem like it has historically been Andrzej Sapkowski's deal so it's, it's maybe it's he just twofold. you know maybe he just needed to write something maybe. fun I bet but it's this like twofold to like something that I don't necessarily go for and then my expectations specifically right. here were different right but go ahead I, my guess is he just needed to wanted to write something fun, and it, I bet he had a good time with it. Like, did you catch some of the little <laughs> references he dropped in this book? Yeah, and like the end. That's what I, what I was alluding to earlier. I'll still mm -hmm. try to be spoiler free. Like the way that at the end it kind of tries to be like, oh, I'm like I'm still like making a point. Um, it seemed to me that the point was that like well, just because I finished the series doesn't mean I can't still tell wager stories. Right. Like, that's the point. And right. I'm just like, I mean, okay, yeah. No one said you couldn't. I don't know if we needed that. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, yeah. I mean, it was... It, there, there was... Uh... I almost wanted to, like, at the end of the book to, like, reference Hades down and be like, but we're gonna sing it again. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what it is, right? The tale never ends. It's, I mean, that's, that is kind of the end of the book, basically. 
Um, which, I mean, I think works for the way he ended the series, but this, this to me, that, like, that piece of it, yes, maybe it was tacked on, but for me, it felt, it, it made the way he chose to end the series feel a little bit more satisfying and a little less kind of like, okay, (laughs) that's where, (laughs) that's where we're ending. (laughs) There is a moment in this that I thought I thought was really funny where he, like, the witcher is trying to, like, figure out a password, and the password is, like, saying friend in, in the elvish tongue, like, in Lord of the Rings. How unoriginal, how derivative. <laughs> I thought it was good. But that does remind me of a meme I saw recently that was like that scene of Gandalf doing that. And then the door saying, um, like, you've exceeded like your limit of attempts. You have to like reset your password. And then he says it, um, says the password. It's like, it can't be the same password that you had before. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, if he was going to go for all the Arthurian references why not do a lord of the rings reference while you're at it one is mythology and one is like an actual present day author's work that's the difference but (laughs) i mean lord of the rings itself is referencing the arthur story right yeah it was funny referencing Uh, the references now right i one one thing that i did wonder a little bit with this book was whether the video games were out yet or were in development yet. Oh, I'm certain they were. Okay. Because that's one thing about this is this reads like, well, like I said, like a like a video game side quest or a DLC that you get to add on to something. Um, so I do almost wonder if maybe that could have been part of it. I'm curious if, I mean, I almost wonder if, I haven't played the game, so I don't know. But I'm kind of curious whether the Witcher video games maybe even have some kind of a related DLC storyline with him losing his swords and getting them back or something. I don't know about that, but I wonder if he was pressured to write another Witcher book because of the success of the games and how much he actually wanted to write this. I have no idea. Maybe he felt desperately called to write this. But I could see them being like, hey, hey, Witcher's really popular because excuse me, because of the video games, or maybe he specifically was called to write it because he wanted to be like, hey guys, these video games are based on books. Bam, here's a new book. Pay attention. This is a book series. Right. Yeah. Well, one of the moments that made me wonder about it is there's a thing where you have Dandelion writing about Geralt and he writes the him as being without emotion. And that's like kind of specifically called out as like, him writing Geralt in this way that's like less full of emotion than who he actually was, which is also interesting because the video games play him as, you know, more stoic than he is in the books. And then the show takes that to an even farther extreme. So I also wondered if that was- The show simply has Henry Cavill in it who can't act his way out of a paper Well, I mean, there is is that. But it, it did make me wonder if the video games were out of part of this was like commenting on the like, meta-ness of how which he's done in previous books too of how like stories are told in ways that are not necessarily true to life no but i'm i'm fairly certain that i've heard 
that Andrzej Sapkowski is annoyed at, like, people knowing about the games more than the books. <laughs> Which, like, I mean, fair I mean, enough. Fair, like. fair. I heard he's writing another one. Another Witcher book? Yep. Why not? <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I've heard nothing but, like, kind of terrible things about his other, um, his historical fiction That's books, same. So I can't be, I'm not surprised if he's, like, going back to the successful formula. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's fair. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I found this to be very entertaining. It was silly. There was a lot of like kind of silly stuff, but it was it was. But funny. again, like every other book, you could like identify why it was called what it was called. This one, it did technically reference the phrase "season of storms," like they all do. Yeah. But like, it didn't seem like a thesis for this book. Like again, theft of swords would be a better name for it. Maybe the storm was Geralt losing his swords. No. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. Um, we do have, like, I mean, and I guess maybe this is getting a little bit more into spoiler territory, but... I will say that it, that the part at the end isn't just at the end. We do have a couple of interludes that kind of carry through this idea of Nimue in the future now being in their world on her way to Eratusa. Um and so it like it is that is woven through where it's, you know, that is shoehorned in throughout, correct. <laughs> but so um there's like different reading orders that people suggest. And so some do suggest reading this in chronological order. So reading this, I guess, pausing in the middle of Last Wish to read this. But no, I think people suggest reading it like between Last Wish and Sword of Destiny. Mm. Um, so that it's where it takes place timeline wise. But I feel like I'm already a little bit annoyed with the inclusion of the Nimue stuff because it does feel shoehorned in. But yeah. I truly would be baffled. And it is, like, kind of spoilery for the end of the entire series. It, it is. That. So, like, any reading I don't know why. I don't know why you would read this. Me. Yeah, I, I would not suggest that. I do think you need to read it after the end of the series. Otherwise, you're spoiling yourself for... If not spoiling yourself, at the very least, it's just, like, confusing. Right. <laughs> More so like, than the series. Why is this character showing? Yeah, because it just, it doesn't make sense. I don't, yeah... I don't know. I think it makes the most, to me, it makes the most sense to just go ahead and read it at the end. Which, I mean, I feel like 99% of the time, um, I would say publication order is the way to go for, like, anything. The only time I would probably say no is if, like, the author is like, I had originally wanted to write this book first, but the publisher wouldn't let me. They would only let me do this one first. Mm -hmm. And then I went back and published the one that I wanted to originally, which is now a prequel. Um, if like, but I can't even think of a single like, time when that happened, but if it did, then I'd be like, okay, well then read it in the order that the author intended, even if the publisher hadn't originally allowed it, but. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, it, it depends on the situation for me, but I think when this one, I would probably suggest publication order. I mean, you could read it in between, but yeah, I don't know. It is, it is a big tonal shift though, from the end but for me a pleasant one because I didn't like the last book was probably my least favorite I mean it was nice to see Geralt again for more than yeah. two seconds mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and see Geralt being Geralt and Dandelion being Dandelion and, you know, hijinks. And Yen saving the day behind the scenes. <laughs> it was weird having um, a Cyrillalist book. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think she's mentioned briefly, but yeah, she's not really in this. I mean, she's not in The Last Wish, but like Pavetta mm -hmm. and like the origin of Siri is in The Last Wish. Yeah. Yeah, but not not this. It's really not. Which, I mean, could also be because what is the timeline really? If Nimue is there, is this, you know, what's what's really happening? Where Did any of this really happen or was it all a dream? Was it all a dream? <laughs> Even better. Who knows, really? Who knows? Um yeah, there was some more stuff in here, though, carrying on from the, and, and this also is carrying on from the last book. So also things wouldn't make sense. But um, but like Geralt killing the high like these like hybrid. Well, no, I guess that's not. But Geralt like had been killing those hybrid monsters. So again, we're dealing with like experimentation and eugenics and hybridization and stuff. Um. I mean, I feel like any time this book got to be having any kind of like a moral conundrum or moralistic debate or anything like that, it was always like just retreading old ground that had been done better in another Witcher book. It was always like the same old like, well, who is really a monster and who should a Witcher actually be killing? And it's like, you already talked about this and you did it way better in the other books. So it's like, okay, this yeah. old song again. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, that's fair. I think reading this, I was just like, oh, this is just fun. So I just read it as kind of like for entertainment value. And for that, I think it's pretty good. You know, Gerald has to perform in his underwear. It's so weird to me, though, that like um, more broadly, like you said earlier, like that you like cozy fantasy and I don't, that you don't mind a story that's just like a little side quest or whatever yeah. and that I'm the one that doesn't like that. But you don't like the Mandalorian, and everyone else does, and that's what the Mandalorian is. It's just this cozy yeah, little but side there, quest. But, but there, it's because there's no continuity. Like there's no characters. I like like I if there were more, I think I probably would like it better if there were even another one or two characters who interacted in a way that was meaningful and did interesting things that can't, where that they had a macro arc. But I didn't watch enough of it to find out that that does actually happen a little bit. I watched the first season. Mostly. I mean, there's people that come back in the second season and also that are in more than one episode of the first season. Yeah, so maybe eventually, but the first season I thought was really boring. And that's why it was because I was like, I was like, this is just like random stuff happening, but I'm not invested because I'm not invested in the characters. It's just Co like, I like cozy fantasy. Um, like, it doesn't have to have high stakes, but I have to be enjoying the characters in the setting you know how can you not enjoy Grogu he didn't do anything I mean it was it was fine also he was a terrible father like he just did stuff that I was like what you don't do that with I a mean, baby he's doing his best <laughs> he wasn't he didn't really sign up for the gig of being a father <laughs> he did not so I, I I understand it but I but like that's the thing it's that like everybody... the, the term Oren not doing the best job with Siri <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. 
I just think it's like before I had seen it, that was what everybody talked about was like, oh, like him being in a father role. And I was so I was expecting like, oh, this is going to be like this great, you know, and I was like, oh, it's actually okay. a lot like Geralt in Siri, where he's like not actually very good at it. But yeah, but at least Siri is it. like is old enough to be a person who's interesting. And so it's entertaining. Whereas like, Grogu is like 50 years old. Yeah, so age but, is not the issue. I mean... I don't know. It didn't work for me. It was not my vibe. But I did like this. This was fun. <laughs> um, also, speaking of Star Wars, I have my like Christmas sweater of the year. You walking around the Christmas tree. <laughs> that was cute. Um, like looking at the notes that I took for this book. There's definitely not as much to, to talk about. Because this book didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's it's also the most straightforward narrative and has shorter chapters. I was like, wow, like structurally, this is really different from what I expect. I uh, almost feel like Season of Storms is like the book that if people had played the video games and thought they'd want to try the books, this is the book that they would expect. Yes. But if people have been reading the Witcher books and then read this book, this is not the book they would expect. It's true. Um, Brie is saying, chill out, Christmas. Out. Listen, it's November. So, but I'm wearing a, a fall headband. So Man, I'm, it's not Thanksgiving yet. I'm easing my, I don't care. I'm easing my way in. I'm ready for it. It's been, it's been a long year, so. Yes, Once it's November gross. starts. <laughs> also, I just got the sweater and I was like, I want to wear this. So I'm going to. Plus it has orange. So I'm like, it's, you know, vaguely Halloween-ish and fall-ish. Yeah, the top of it. You, I mean, you can kind of tell it's Christmassy. Like, like pine I mean, trees, it's Christmas. Like, I mean, it is. Yeah, like it is Christmassy, but it, you know. But I was going to say like, some, like this part, like just seeing this part of it doesn't necessarily scream Christmas. Right. Exactly. I think it's fine. Um, yeah, but my dad was always like that. He'd be like, no Christmas music until December 1st. And I'm like, forget that. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with it the day after Thanksgiving, which is not December 1st, but. Usually we used to put up, not put up our Christmas tree until after Thanksgiving. And then last year, my youngest kid was like demanding over and over and over again to put it up. And so finally I was like, you know what? Okay. So we did like a couple weeks into November and I was actually like, this is great because my life is so crazy in December. It was so nice to have it up and not have to think about it and just enjoy it. It was, it was good. I think I will do that again. This is upsetting. I, wanna, <laughs> I can't hear any more of this. It's like, I have enough to do in December without like. I'm still in mourning over Halloween being over and you're ready to put up a Christmas tree. I'm ready. I was so mad when I was at Disneyland on Halloween, mm -hmm. on Halloween, and they had already put icicles on the, the castle. On Halloween! Guys, you couldn't wait one day? I mean, they should at least wait till November 1st, but uh, Christmas is my, like, it, it is my favorite time of year, and I, yes, sure, give me two months of it. I love it. Um, went to buy a Thanksgiving door wreath at Walmart today and they were out of fall ones and only had Christmas ones. Yes. If you want a Thanksgiving wreath, you need to get them in, you know, July, August, 
no september october i mean like september october really so it's awful <laughs> i know people have very strong feelings about this but i am i am pro more christmas one month is enough yeah which is also probably why i liked season of storms <laughs> see what i like is that like my half like my halloween decor is like half fall and half spooky and mm-hmm. so then as I transition out of Halloween into November, all that happens is that half of it comes away, the spooky half comes away, and I just leave the fall part of it. And then and then finally we put up some tinsel in December and put the pumpkins away. See, whereas like I would like start transitioning, like I haven't done any of it yet. Like I still have my Halloween-ish stuff up, but I'll probably take away the spooky stuff, have the fall, and start transitioning in some of the holiday stuff. And uh, so that by December, we're ready to ready to roll. See, Halloween season starts in August. So just enjoy Halloween for longer. Enjoy Christmas for longer. Just, I just don't want to celebrate us, Halloween us, in August. You know, like we are living in a, a late stage capitalist dystopian nightmare of a world right now. Let us have some joy. But this doesn't bring me joy. Brings me joy. <laughs> well, all right, all right. Then I'll allow it for you. Um, I know I went to Starbucks today because I was afraid that because it, Halloween's over, that like all the fall drinks would be gone and it would be only Christmas drinks. But they still have fall drinks, which I was delighted about. So I went mm-hmm. to get my apple coffee and was horrified that it came in like a red and green striped cup. Oh, that's ex- see now I'm like oh I need to go to Starbucks so I can get holiday. <laughs> I'm also sad that they don't do fall themed cups. They only do Christmas ones. Yeah, I mean, they are kind of. Pricey, I would love I some pumpkin or fall leaf cups in the. Fall. I I would be down for that too. I think that would be cute. Um, so the one other thing about the book that is really important is that Coral, who Geralt has this affair with in this book, um, we know what she smells like because women (laughs) sense her. Do you know how many ads I've been getting on my Instagram for this perfume that is lilac and gooseberry scented? (laughs) Have you really? Uh huh, and it opens with like the scent that go makes Geralt go crazy. In the oh, Witcher that's books. hilarious! And I'm just like, oh, the scent oh that makes God. me go crazy when I read the Witcher lilac books. and gooseberry. Well, maybe, maybe soon they'll come out with the companion scent for Coral, which which is for anybody who missed it, irises, bergamot, and roses. That does sound like it smells like something, unlike gooseberries. But I mean, that's true. But it's it, but you know, like when you Carol, it those notes to me, like I'm like, oh, I know what those things smell like, and I can imagine a scent like that. But lilac yeah. and gooseberry, I'm like, well, I know what lilacs smell like, so lilac. <laughs> I, like feel, lilac. I feel like we need to acquire some gooseberries and see if they just smell acquire like that perfume and be like, all right, is there going to be anything besides lilac in here? Is that a tax write-off if we, like, do it for an episode? Do a whole hour-long episode of just, like, smell sampling. Smell the lilac and gooseberry perfume. Just get woozy from the fans. I want to know what it smells like. I didn't know they had this. Well, you two can smell like Jennifer. See if your husband likes it. See if he also (laughs) says. 
things that lilac and gooseberries that is the thing apparently guess so that's that's really funny um yeah i don't know there was just like a lot of stuff that happened in the book that was just kind of fun or interesting oh yeah there was the whole thing about the princes who betrayed their father or, or the and then the, like the magical wedding like necklace during the wedding and whatever and then there's this giant storm and it reminded me like isn't wasn't it a whole thing that in one of the places mentioned in previous books and i can't remember if it's where siri was from or if it was someplace else when a king dies there's a storm i don't think it's like when any king dies i think it was specifically with like cirilla's line okay so then i don't know what was going on with the storm was it because a son murdered his dad who was a king is that why there was like a sudden freeze because that's the name of the book and we had to make that make sense i guess so because it wasn't otherwise relevant <laughs> I mean, like, this. I think the, the function of the storm is less to do with, like, it being caused by, like, regicide and more, like, the, what it does in terms of, like, bringing out the true natures of the people in a disaster. And, like, in a ye olde setting, you're not going to have, like, a bombing. You're going to have a storm. Right. But this was, like, a freak storm where it came out of nowhere and then left out of nowhere. I mean, there's a lot of magical things that come out of nowhere. It's true, but we don't really get an explanation for it. So I was just wondering, okay, what's what's the driving factor of this weird magical storm? It's uh, tis the season. Tis. <laughs> tis the season. Tis well, the damn season. I know swift things. See, Andre Sapkowski is also pro Christmas. Or he's pro Taylor Swift. Stories pro Taylor Swift. Uh, little known Swifty. Or Taylor Swift, actually. There's so people are always like talking about the literary references in her songs. Mm-hmm. Little known fact, just, uh, it's the damn season is actually about season of storms. It makes so much more sense. In this essay, I will. <laughs> And then we find out that, you know, Taylor Swift was secretly dating a cast member from Witcher. I thought you were going to say she was secretly dating Andrea Sapkowski. Oh, God. <laughs> that would be, that would be something. You know. Uh, a, a meeting of souls. A meeting of souls, I guess so. <laughs> you know, they are both very successful artists. Back to hating Christmas. Um, <laughs> I just have to say, like, I was trying to figure this out the other day because, like, I I really don't like ninety nine percent of like the really like um, cutesy and really like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not campy, but like the Kitch. home to kitsch, kitschy. Is that what I actually is that the word? I don't know, but like that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. for Christmas, like it really annoys me. Um, like really bright red, glittery tinsel, like all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate it. But I don't mind that stuff for Halloween. I like a lot of it. I mean, not everything, but like I don't mind like really garish, like silly looking Halloween things. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know why that is. But 
Maybe because you like orange. I mean, I'm even, I hate purple, generally speaking, but I'm okay with a lot of purple and during Halloween when it's, like, a part of a spooky, like, decor thing. Hmm. So, I don't know. I don't know, man. I think it's just your season. Because, like, I don't mind so much Christmas stuff if it's, like, the really kind of, like, um, winter solstice kind of, like, earthy. You know, it's just, like, pine boughs, berries, yule logs. You can smell mulled wine. You know, stuff like that. But if it's, like, no, not that. (laughs) But if it's, like, yeah, like, the red and white striped everything bright, shiny. Oh, no. I mean, I feel like that that tracks. Honestly, I would probably be surprised knowing you if you were a big fan of bright, shiny Christmas things. I like bright, shiny Halloween. <laughs> yeah, but it's, you know, dark and spooky. I guess it's because maybe I associate Halloween with camp. Like the holiday itself is like a holiday that's about campiness. Yeah. And Christmas can be campy for some people but the holiday itself isn't like about camp <laughs> yeah I mean that's true anyway okay and, it's interesting. Uh, um, we have a commenter saying because Halloween is the superior season and well, everything yes. is awesome um, listen I like I, I like Halloween I just even more so love Christmas so but you know what halloween for me is like an excellent prelude to my favorite time of year so it works out it's like just I- after halloween ends it's just all over <laughs> and we gotta suffer everything through. goes downhill in january for me i'm like it's it's great until and then. also like in terms of like going to stores i would so much rather non-stop here monster mash than non-stop here mariah carey Oh, what? Oh, see, I like that. I love Christmas music. Again, the only Christmas music that I like is, like, ye olde carols and, like, ye olde, like, that kind of thing. (sighs) You you just need your heart to grow a couple sizes. You know what I'm upset? Okay, so back back in the day, like, um, in, in England, possibly elsewhere, but definitely in England, the tradition was to tell ghost stories on Halloween. And I wouldn't think we need to bring that back. Now that's a ho- that's a Christmas that I can get behind. You, I feel like maybe you would be behind Krampus. Yeah. But like, have you ever read um, the Woman in Black? No. Because like the framing device is that it is a scary story being told on Christmas Eve. Hmm. That's cool. So yeah. I mean, a Christmas Carol has ghosts in it. Well, that's why. Because, like, it was traditional to tell scary stories. <laughs> but a lot of what we think of as, like, Christmassy and Christmas traditions and how Christmas is, like, the quintessential Christmas was literally invented by Charles Dickens. Like, when he wrote The Christmas Carol, that mm-hmm. entered the collective, like, popular consciousness. And people's idea of what Christmas is became what Dickens said that it was. That's interesting. Yeah. And yeah. Also, Neil Gaiman will be in New York. I know you sent me that. That's that's fun. I was gonna see if I could maybe. I don't know. They haven't posted how much tickets are yet. So (laughs) money would be no object for me if I lived in New York. 
well, fly out to New York. And I said money would be an ob- object if I was already in New York. Oh. But money is an object for getting to New York. Okay. Well, fair <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> Dickens ruining things for everyone. Oh, no. That's great. Um, was there anything else we wanted to talk about with the book with or about the series? The Well, this was your favorite book in the series, right? It was it was among the most enjoyable. Well, in terms of like what the ratings that you gave the books, like what did you rate any of them as highly as you rated this one? Oh, that's a good question. Let me look. On Goodreads, because I don't really remember. I kind of think probably I want to say I I gave yeah, I think I gave The Last Wish the same rating. Four and a half stars. You start and end the series on a high point and the the middle is a (laughs) Apparently. Um, Yeah, because like Oh, Sword of Destiny, I also gave four and a half. Now I'm I'm like, mm. and then we had four stars for Blood of Elves. Four stars for Time of Contempt. <clears throat> four stars for Baptism of Fire. Uh, four stars for Tower of Swallows. And three stars for Lady of the Lake. And so. five stars for. It's it's like a f- four and a half. So it's basically your favorite. Basically. Defend yourself and go. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say it's my favorite. I would say that um, The Last Wish is probably my favorite. But this, I just, I found it to be really fun and entertaining. And I enjoyed seeing the characters and I don't know it was just like it was it was for me this was like a fun addition of seeing Geralt off on a side quest that doesn't necessarily matter all that much to the main story this is the kind of thing it's like when I get you know holiday novellas or spin-off novellas of series I like I enjoy those too because it's like I get to spend some time with characters I like in a world that I like this is a novella though this is a full ass book what? This isn't a novella. This is a full ass book. I mean, yeah, but it it it's shorter than his novels usually are. No, it's only shorter than Lady of the Lake. Otherwise, it's like the same length as all the others. Is it? I mean, Lady of the Lake is the like the outlier. I mean, it's like four hundred nineteen page. I yeah, I guess so. I guess it just feels doesn't feel as hefty. Time flies like, when you're reading your favorite book. Hmm. Time flies when you're reading your favorite book. I guess so. <laughs> no, but that's I mean, what the last wish is shorter than this. <laughs> yeah. But that's what it reminded me of. Is it is it just kind of reminded me of when you get like these added spin-off books. But again, you, like you when know? you said those were like novellas, like the last wish is shorter than this, and it did more. So like for this book to like justify its place in the series and its length, I just feel like it needs to have done more. Like if he wanted to publish like a collection of short stories. That is like marketed as like, this is just an anthology bind up stories in the world of the Witcher, just like mm-hmm. as like a fun little side project is different from like this being like a whole last like another Witcher book. That's like, you know what I mean? I guess so. I don't know. I just didn't, I just didn't mind it because it was because I was having a good time with it. 
I, you know, I was, I was not bored. I was having fun. I was getting to hang out with characters I like in a world I like, doing some things that were just entertaining and not very high stakes, which was great. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. I don't know that I would, you know, like it as much if I hadn't read the rest of the series, though, because I, I think well, again, the I, Nimue thing where you would really be like, oh, well, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. But like, but even I think if I read it in chronological order, I don't know that I would have enjoyed it as much. I think I probably partly enjoyed it more because Lady of the Lake was not a great experience, and I've read the whole series, so I have the context to have fun it's well also because we lost Geralt at the end of that and so it's like oh I get to like spend some more time with this kid I don't know it was it was nice it was a nice book I'm glad you found it nice <laughs> <laughs> what did you rate this three okay it's not only it was bad yeah. I just feel like it was pretty mid and unimpressive in terms of what I know Andrei Sapkowski is capable of and what I understand the project of The Witcher to be. I mean, I think that's fair. I don't know that I would call this impressive. I think my rating was a lot more on enjoyment than like being impressed by it. But my enjoyment was like considerably dampened by mm -hmm. the expectations that Andrei Sapkowski has set for these books. I also think though that you have generally enjoyed the books in the series more than I have. Like I've, I've liked a lot about them and I've, I've, I appreciate what he's doing with them, but I feel like you always have seemed to rate most of them higher than I have. Whereas they were, like, they were about too much stuff for you. You like it when he strips it down. Yeah. Whereas I feel like this honestly was kind of giving me the things that I like the best about the series anyway. Like this, this, this kind of condensed a lot of my favorite things about the series. Yeah, they're sirens. <laughs> <laughs> so I think maybe, you know, expectations are big for this one and what it is that you like about the Witcher series in the first place and what it is that you're wanting to read it for. Yeah, I think for me, like to like a book that's not um, doing more, for lack of a better way of saying it, um, that's just like, oh, this is just fun. This is just a good time. Like that's, um, I'm trying to think of a, an example. And of course, I can't think of one. Not that there isn't one. But like, I have, it has to be like a lot of fun. Like then the, then suddenly the bar for that goes way up. So for me, the fact that like, the Witcher characters and everything so far, I'm like, I think they're pretty good characters. I think they're pretty decent to follow. I think they have decent chemistry and they have decent humor, but they're not like way out there. They're not like Abercrombie characters. They're not like Six of Crows characters. They're not like standout characters. And it's not just like a super like fun plot. It never is those things for me. And I'm like, it's like decent characterization and decent plotting that like is like definitely like more than good enough. But the thing that the Witcher series is doing that makes it like stand out more isn't that it's like everything else. It's the fact that like these pretty good characters and pretty good stories are doing so much to discuss these wider things in clever ways. Mm -hmm. And so then for Season of Storms to be like, what if we just had the like 
slightly better than average characters and like nothing else. I'm like, well, if you're not offering me anything else, well, then your characters need to be so much better for me to like it because <laughs> that's all you're offering me now. I also think though that like your bar for for what is a good enough character for you to be that into be it is a lot higher. <laughs> so, I mean, and and I'm, you know, and maybe part of it too is you know, I like for instance, I read a lot of romance, way more, you know, and I know you like some select romances, but <laughs> they are the exception and not the rule. <laughs> Yeah. But I think that, you know, reading romance in particular is something where I don't like I can enjoy it without it hitting all of the things that I might want from my perfect romance. And so I just I, I, I don't know, like there's just different kinds of enjoyment I get from different kinds of books. And so I don't necessarily need everything to be as good as it possibly could be. I guess to use like a restaurant analogy books for me they either have to like have to have like this one thing on the menu that is just so good that I'm like I don't care that the rest of your menu sucks because this one thing on your menu is worth coming to this restaurant just to order this one thing Mm -hmm. or a restaurant where like nothing on the menu is like the most amazing thing I've ever had but everything on their menu no matter what I order is like pretty good and I'm not really mad that I ordered it so like basically like I think of the Witcher books as being like the the second of those two is that like it didn't do any one thing in a way that was like oh this is amazing but it kind of did a bunch of different things in like pretty pretty good good to great ways mm-hmm. and altogether it's like well you have like a pretty vast like selection of things here for me um and season of storms is like what if i only had one thing for you it's like well that one thing if there's only one thing on your menu better be a really really good thing otherwise i don't know why i came here <laughs> That's so funny. Whereas I think for me, it's like, well, if there's the one thing on your menu that I know I really like, and that's what I'm in the mood for. Cool. I'm happy to be here. That's what I'm saying. So like that it has to be like a really, really, really good thing as opposed to like, like your offerings can be like, okay, if they're all like Mm -hmm. pretty good. But if you only have the one thing and all you can say for it is that it's pretty good, then I'm like, no, (laughs) have one great thing. Or a lot of pretty good things. But Mm -hmm. if you just have one pretty good thing, then I'm like, well, then your book is only pretty good. (laughs) I would say, though, that this is more than, at least for me, it was more than one pretty good thing. It was just, it it had, it, it had, and it didn't have the things that I don't like about some of the other books it didn't go off on super boring tangents that are unnecessary (laughs) it depends on what you consider necessary yeah so i don't know i i was like this is really different but i'm enjoying it it did go on nimoe tangents which were unnecessary yeah that's true at least the other tangents but at least they were short and not but at least the other tangents in the other books, even if they did seem kind of like uh, like off course a bit, they all did ultimately serve like a narrative purpose that Andrzej Sapkowski, like, it may not be like what you're like wanting to read in that moment, but like mm-hmm. you get like what he was getting at with it, like why it was there, like what his vision was for including that. Yeah. Whereas with Nimue here, I'm just like, why though? Why was my time wasted with that? <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I, I, I don't know. Oh, thank you, Stephanie, for the super chat tip jar for Leanna having to endure all the Christmas talk. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, um, I, I, that's, sorry, sidelined my train of thought, but. As it should. As it should. <laughs> I just thought it, I thought it was, oh, I know what I was going to say, because you were saying you see what he's doing. I think that's true, and I think for something like this, where we're doing read-along and we're discussing it on live streams, it's interesting because it's something to talk about but in terms of reading experience it was not great well again i think it depends i mean like well this is also like bethany you don't make any sense i'm sorry um we need to reset you back to factory settings so that we can fix this glitch <laughs> um so you like cozy things that like are kind of pointless and have no plot but you don't like the mandalorian and then you Andrew Zipkowski is like doing like well I don't know if this is like a super like fun read but I'm doing like intellectual academic discussion things yeah. like thought provoking and you're like no I hate that but Dune five stars. <laughs> you know it's probably because what I like when I'm reading Witcher is not that and so I'm like wait why are we doing this I want the things that are fun in this whereas Dune is all that there were some moments that's what i'm there that's what i'm that's what i'm there for like witcher that's not what i'm here for like i'm going to like here i'm here for like you know yen and Geralt and siri <laughs> and dandelion and like hijinks uh whereas dune like you have to be there for the politics and philosophy otherwise why are you there it's there's not it's just you know. I would say the same about The Witcher. <laughs> it's about like politics and philosophy. I mean, it does have a lot of it. It's just it. I I always feel like those the sometimes there were moments where I'm like, oh my god, okay, I see what you're doing, but can we just get back to Geralt again now, please? You know, this is more fun. Like I said, you don't make any sense. And clearly, I'm not the only one because, I mean, and maybe we could say that Season of Storms is very fan service because it was probably written for all the people who were like, give us more of Geralt and stop going off on your random tangents. Maybe, but I also, I mean, I don't know the man very well, but I just I, get this feeling that Andrew Sapkowski would not do that. Like whatever his reasons are for writing this, it's not because like, well, the fans just want more Geralt. So I'm, I guess I'll write them some Geralt story. Like that just is not... Sipkowski's vibe. <laughs> I feel like I have never seen an interview with him, so I have no idea what his vibe is. I know. I don't know. I mean, he's mad that people like the video games and don't know about the books. So I don't see him being like, well, here's just a fun novel about Geralt going on some adventures. You're welcome. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? Uh, well, it's been it's been fun. I mean, I did I did enjoy them. I would read them again probably. I, I think it's more likely, honestly, that when he was writing Last Wish and, and the Sword of Destiny, there was some things left on the cutting room floor 
And he just kind of like fleshed those out and then. I could see Bob's that. Your uncle I mean, this, I mean, cause honestly, this does read like the kind of thing that could just be, could have been. Which another... it does seem much more his vibe. If the publishers were like, you have to publish another Witcher book. Cause that's what the people want. And mm-hmm. he looked at his, like the dregs on the floor and was like, I'll dust these off for you. Here you go. Another Witcher book. That tracks. That's what you like, Bethany. You like his leavings. <laughs> I hope this is true now. <laughs> My head canon for how season of storms was written. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, the, I think that that could definitely be something that he just like went and developed. I I could see that being the case. It does because it does read like something that could have just been a side thing or a short story especially because of like where it takes place it, again like yeah yeah like these weren't good enough to make it into the last wish and weren't ultimately serving the grander plot so mm-hmm. he was like well i don't need to include these and then they're like more and he's like well i have these <laughs> and then we'll just like throw nimway in there to tie it all together mm-hmm. there you go <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if that's the case. I am really curious, since he's supposedly writing another Witcher book, what he's going to do for for that, because it's been a a while since this came out. I would hope that it's because, like, he's kind of like with um, Joe Abercrombie, where he felt really burned out writing Red Country, and then he went off and he wrote other things that were non-First Law related, Mm -hmm. and then he was, like, felt, like, the itch to come back to First Law and, like, gave us the brilliance of of Age of Madness. So yeah. I hope it's that Andrzej Zipkowski has been away from Witcher long enough and has done other things that he, he was like burned out on Witcher and wanted to do other things, other ideas he had in mind and he did those. Mm-hmm. And it's now feeling like he has like ideas again that are like Witcher related and he feels called to like come back to that world. I hope that's why. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hope so too. I It's been quite a while, so it seems possible if he's just all of a sudden wanting to write another one. So I guess we'll see if it comes out. You got these lovely new covers. I wonder if they'll match them. Probably. So, um, oh, you know what? I totally forgot at the beginning (laughs) to include uh, at the beginning of the podcast that we do have bonus content for channel members and patrons that we're going to be recording after this. So that'll be available in the next few days if you want to toss a coin to your podcasters. You can always join us over there and we're going to be talking about prequels of various kinds. We're cutting room floor dregs as they're <laughs> we're better cutting known. Room floor dregs, whatever the case may be. Um but first we do have on my radar talking about recent or upcoming book releases and uh do you have anything Leanna? I don't know. And thank you to all of our patrons, of course. We do appreciate you, including Stephanie, who is here, our world-expanding patron. You make what we do possible. We appreciate you. Um, yeah. Do you have Do you have anything? No. Okay. Uh, I have a couple, well, a few things that are coming out or have recently come out. So, are they Christmas books? No. Okay, I'll allow it. They are not. There is a cozy fantasy in here, though, <clears throat> but it's middle grade. So you can't be too mad at it. Oh, yes, I can. <laughs> okay. Well, I really liked it. Anyway, um, but that, that that book was Just a Pinch of Magic by Alicia Dow, which is a middle grade 
book fantasy book with baking magic in a small town. It's really cute and kind of spooky, and I loved it. So I do recommend that. Also, I've not read this yet, but I need to, but The Jinbot of Shantyport by Samit Basu, which is supposed to be a sci-fi adventure with heart that reads like a mashup of Aladdin and Murderbot, which sounds interesting. So I want to read that. Starling House by Alex E. Harrow is also one that I thought was really good. It's a gothic, I, I don't know, light horror with a romantic subplot, and there's a house that's maybe haunted and kind of sentient, set in middle America. It was good. And then uh, lastly, The Reformatory by Tanana Reeve Du, which I haven't read yet, but I want to. This is her latest horror novel that is based on the real history of a boys' reform school in Jim Crow, the Jim Crow era South, but make it supernatural. So adding some paranormal stuff to some real-life horrific things. But her writing is fantastic, so I, I'm excited for that. So those are some uh, recent releases that have been on my radar. I'm going to be back November 14th with Izzy, where we're going to be talking about the Bright Falls series by Ashley Herring Blake. So this includes Delilah Green Doesn't Care, Astrid Parker Doesn't Fail, and Iris Kelly Doesn't Date. <laughs> so those should be fun. And I'm looking forward to that. And yeah. I guess that's that's kind of it. And then me and Leanne will be back to talk about season three of The Witcher show on Netflix in late November. She has to watch it first before we can talk about it. So, and I didn't even like it. Very Thought much. I was done with bad TV for the year, but Sorry. oh no. <laughs> Sorry. At least you don't have to make full videos about it. You can just watch it. <laughs> No, I don't have to do that again for at least a year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like, I liked the first two seasons pretty well. So it's like, if I didn't like this season very much, I, you're really not going to probably like it. Maybe I can talk my brother into watching it, even though he hasn't watched the first two seasons. He, he could catch up. He, does not, he definitely does not want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck. So we'll be back doing that as well. Again, this has been Chapter 3 Podcast. We're your hosts, Bethany and Liana. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Chapter 3 Podcast. And you can always find us on our individual YouTube channels. Um, join us November 14th for the next episode. And this episode's bonus content will be available for patrons and channel members in the next few days. Thanks for listening.